Hey, hey. Welcome to Queer Street. Woo! Yeah, I know. It's fun. You're exciting. I'm going to take a drink. Hmm. So, this is going to be a spooky episode because, first of all, it's the 13th episode. And this is a spooky story, y'all. This is kind of a scary one. I mean, kind of one of the most creepiest ones thus far. Okay? So, plus, I really loved it. I'm excited about it. So, let's go ahead and get into it. So, this is the 13th book. It's called The Secret Bedroom. It was originally published September 1st, 1991, and it's 167 pages, so your average length. You know, Mr. Stein's getting a little more. As, as we go on, we're, we hover between 140-something, and oops, that was my phone, sorry, and like 160-something. So, you know, he's pretty consistent, so that's good. But y'all, this cover, oh, sweet baby unicorns. I love it. I love it. I love it. But first, let's talk about the blurb. So, says, Leah Carson can't believe it when her family moves into the creepy old house on Fear Street. Most creepy of all is the secret room up in the attic. The room has been locked and boarded up for at least 100 years. A murder was committed in that room, the story goes, and it's been closed up ever since. Leah knows she should stay away, but she thinks she hears footsteps in the side of the secret room and voices. Someone or something is waiting for Leah in there. Should she open the door? Can she resist? The tagline on the front is not that great. It just says, don't open that door. Well, bitch, come on. We all know that. Don't open the damn door. But, you know, spoiler alert, she gonna open the door. We'll get into that. But the cover, y'all, ooh, it's so good. First of all, we've got Leah on the front. We can tell it's her because it mentions that she's got this short pixie cut. Because remember, we're in the early 90s now, you know? We're coming off of the big hair of the 80s, all the hot pinks. We're entering the 90s. We're getting more more subdued, okay? We're fixing hit grunge. She's even got her high-waisted jeans on and her turtleneck. So, you know, we're coming, we're not so, so fun loving as we were in the eighties. Um, plus we're in shady side and you know, it's scary as hell there, but she is trying to, it looks like she's trying to open this door, shut it. And there's this like green light coming out from it and a skeleton hand. Ah, that was my little, uh, funny scream, but she's all like gasp. And you know what? First of all, aside from that, Leah has got some slaying bitchin' fabulous lashes. I mean, you can see them from, I mean, I don't know what mascara she is using, but it must be like that telescopic, I have that telescopic ones by L'Oreal and it works pretty good. But that must be what it is, because I mean, her eyes are popping. So, you know, if she's gonna die in the secret bedroom, at least she's gonna go out looking good, literally looking good, because her eyes are good. But anywho, we'll talk more about her mascara later. But let me turn my be quiet, phone. Okay, so like I said, we're going to meet the main character. Her name is Leah Carson, you know, because we got to have a last name. Picks up. She's new to Shady Side, like we like we knew. She's in the lunchroom. She accidentally spills chili on this girl's white sweater. Well, it was a cashmere sweater. That girl freaks out and she's so embarrassed. Um, the girl's just like, What are you doing? You'll you'll be sorry for this, yada yada. She runs to go put water on her chili stained sweater. And as she's cleaning up the mess, this handsome boy bends down. His name is Don Jacobs. He's got a last name too. And he's nice to her. He helps her out. He's like, hey, you're new here. Kind of chit-chatting. And even asks her out, hey, maybe you want to go out? And she's all like, ooh, of course. Well, then her friend, Dina Martinson. Y'all, it's Dina. We've got another repeat character here. This is Dina from Wrong Number. Remember, you know, Wrong Number, where they call in on the, you know, and they almost die in the tree. Oh, go check back a couple of episodes. So, um, I'll still be here when you get back if you haven't listened to that one yet. But so we got Dina Martinson. So making a reappearance and she's her new friend. You know, she's talking to her and she's like, 
why were you just talking to Don? He's dating Marcy, who just happens to be that girl that she spilled the chili on. But she's like, she's like, you need to watch out. Marcy is super crazy. Okay. And so, so Leah's like, oh, well, bummer. You know, she kind of thought Don was into her, but why, why would Don be, you know, kind of flirting with her if he had Marcy? So we move on. She's going up to her house that afternoon. And she says that, you know, the two windows at the top where her bedroom are look like eyes. So immediately y'all, I know what you're on with, Mr. Stein. I know you probably wrote this, you know, hot off a box of wine and a fresh viewing of the Amityville horror. I know that's what we're talking about. And yes, I said horror. That's one of those words I have trouble saying. I say horror. You know, it sounds like I'm saying whore or horror. 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 But when I say it like that, I sound like an engine that won't turn over. Anywho. So getting some Amityville vibes here. It's a dark house. Her parents, they're new and they've wanted a fixer upper. That's all the people that, you know, moved to Fear Street because all the people that live in Shadyside know better than go live on uh, Fear Street. So it's all these people that want to fix her up or they want a deal. I can't blame them. You know, I'd probably do it too. It would be fun to live in a haunted house, I think, you know, provided you didn't die. But anyway, so she's has a little bit of remembering to when they first move in and they were being shown around by the, um, by the realtor named Mrs. Thomas, who happens to be Suki's mom. She even mentions that, you know, Suki, she's the hoe with the spiky hair, the kind of punk girl. We like her, even though she's a hoe. I don't really think she's a hoe, even though it bills her to be. She's probably like, you know, like um, Julia Roberts. She's probably like a hooker with a heart of gold. Maybe she's not a hooker because she's in high school. Maybe she's just a hoe with a heart of gold. I don't know. Anywho, so it talks about how, and um, she was remembering how when they were first touring, they went up into the attic and there is this large attic that they could use. They could, you know, finish it out, do whatever they want. But there's a walled up door, a boarded up door, not walled up, sorry. And Mrs. Thomas is like, yeah, that's about a hundred years ago. Something strange happened there, like a murder or something. You know, she's trying to play it off. Like, oh, you know, a murder, but you know how people talk stories crazy exaggerating so you know what do you know but as they're leaving <gasps> leah can swear that she hears some breathing in the room behind her <gasps> bum, bum, bum. okay next chapter she's on the phone with dina it's saturday night she's getting excited she's dina's kind of calming her down um because she's gonna go meet dawn leah's gonna go meet dawn so she's excited and dina's like girl you better watch out for that marcy that bitch is crazy we will find out that bitch is crazy, by the way. So Dina was right. So anyway, so she hangs up. Her mom's like, aren't you supposed to go out? She's yelling at her mom. Dawn's not there yet. She's like, yes, mom, I'm supposed to go out quickly. And then she feels guilty for fussing at her mom because she's all nervous. So she, you know, he's running late. So she looks up the phone book because this is back when we had phone books, guys. We didn't have the Google on her phone. And um, she calls his house and his mom is all like, oh, he's out with Marcy. Well, shit. I mean, that's what she had to have thought. That's what I would have thought. So then I don't know why she does this, but Leah decides to call Marcy. And Marcy's like, oh my God, you fell for it. You're such a stupid slut. It was just a joke. She didn't call her stupid slut, but you know she would have because Marcy's a bitch. So she's like, it was just a joke. I can't believe you did it, you know? And so she hangs up on her. So she's all upset, as she would be. You know, she's got stood up and pranked by by um, this handsome Don and his um, bitchy girlfriend, Marcy. And so she's laying there trying to get some sleep and she thinks she hears some footsteps in the attic. Monday, next chapter, she's waiting for Dina at lunch. She's all upset. She talked to Dina Sunday. Dina was basically like, told you so. And now she feels like everybody knows. Everybody's looking at her. Marcy must have told everybody that she fell for this stupid trick, okay? So then as she's walking in the hallway, she's kind of spacing, not paying attention to her. And she bumps into 
<gasps> Ricky. Now, Ricky, you know, guys, we've already met him twice. He's a queer that we've already met. We met him once um, in the overnight and then again in oh, Halloween party. So we have like a three-peat queer here. And granted, this is the only time he makes a cameo. So it's a queer cameo. So it's like two and a half Pete. Two and a half Pete? Sequel and a half? I don't know. Anywho, you know what I'm talking about. So I just thought that was cool. So she, you know, bumps into Ricky. And so she sees um, she sees Don and he comes up to me. He's like, look, I'm really sorry. Marcy gets really jealous. I want to apologize. You know, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have, you know, uh, stood you up. And then... She sees, he sees Marcy coming up and he's like, oh, I gotta go, gotta go. So she's like, what the fuck? What's that all about? You know, so after school, she's, she's getting her lock, uh, getting at her locker, you know, cleaning up, getting ready to go home, hopefully locking her damn locker because you know, people be putting dead animals and notes and shit in lockers at Shadyside High. But then Marcy walks up to her and says that she made Don apologize and she wants to apologize too. And to make it up to her, she wants her to join the sorority. And Leah's like a sorority in high school. And she's like, yeah, we're in room 409. Well, then Leah realizes that that's not real because there is no fourth floor. So she's like, ah, oh, you can't fool me. And Marcy basically just laughs back, ha ha, and walks off. So now Leah is just pissed. She's like, I got to get revenge on this bitch. So her parents are out that night. She's watching Ghost. Oh, I love that movie, y'all. Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> Oh, I love that movie. So now I need to watch Ghost. Anyway, but she's watching Ghost, which, I mean, I, Mr. Stein must have had a blast with this because you can already tell. We've already had the Amityville reference, which I firmly believe was an Amityville reference. And now where she's watching Ghost about a ghost, you know where this is going, y'all. You know what is upstairs. So she's watching that, watching Ghost. She loves it. Patrick Swayze's such a babe. He is, even though he's dead. Rip Patrick Swayze. So she goes to bed and she's laying there and she hears footsteps again in the attic. And she's like, I got to go see what's going on. You know, so she gets out of bed, goes into the attic. There's nothing there, but she hears more sounds behind the door and she puts her ear up to it. And she thinks she hears someone say hello. And so she says hello back. And then all of a sudden blood starts oozing and pouring out of the door. And she screams, runs downstairs, calls Dina, come over. Cause remember her parents aren't home. And Dina's all like, okay, I'll be right there. So she also, while she's waiting for Dina, she's like, I should have called the police. So she calls the police, tells them basically that there's somebody in her house. She's freaking out. She doesn't give them all the crazy details because she doesn't want to come off like a crazy person. But she calls and tells them. So she's like, hurry, get over here. Well, then Dina arrives and Dina's all like, girl, it is just a dream. It is just a dream. And she's like, no, no, you have to see. You have to see there's all this blood. So they go up there. There's nothing up there. There's no blood or anything. Then the police arrive. And so now she's feeling like an idiot. So she's like, oh, I just thought I heard something. I called my friend. We're okay. So the police leave. Then Dina's like, do you need me to stay? And Leah's like, no, she's feeling embarrassed. She's like, I'm just going to go to bed. So Dina leaves and Leah goes back to sleep. But of course she hears more sounds. The next day is weekend. Her father's like, it's probably just house sounds or squirrels or raccoons, you know? And she didn't tell them about the blood. She just told them that she heard something in the attic. Dad goes up there. He sees nothing. But at night, she keeps hearing these sounds. And she has a dream. She goes up there, takes the boards off, opens the door, and Marcy's in there. But it was just a dream. A week goes by. Nothing eventful happens at school. And it's Saturday. She's alone again. Dina's out. Jade, remember Dina's friend from wrong number, is out. So she's reading in bed. And again, she hears sounds upstairs. She's like, I know I'm awake. 
this is not a dream this time. I know I'm awake. I'm going to go up there. So she goes up into the attic again. And now she's like, I know you're there. She hears some voices. Once again, she goes to the door. Only now some huge iron spikes shoot out through the door, narrowly missing her. Okay. So clearly, you know, you know, that you think fool me once shame on you haunted room fool me twice. I'm about to die, but no, she cannot buy a clue, buy a vow, buy anything. She's going to keep on trying y'all. So she's like, is this real? So she goes back downstairs out of the attic and she hears the phone ringing. It's Don. He's like, look, I'm so sorry again about everything and standing up. Come meet me at the mall. Let's meet at Pete's pizza. Cause you know, that is the place to hang out. And I am y'all. I could get down with some Pete's pizza. I, I could go for some pizza right now, to be honest with you. I mean, if it wasn't, you know, it's 10 o'clock right now. But I could totally go for I could always go for some pizza. Who are we kidding? It don't matter what time it is. But so she's like, of course, I'll come meet you. Damn, girl, when are you going to learn your lesson? Clearly, Leah, bless her heart. Even though she's got great eyelashes, she's a slow learner. Because, you know, she keeps going back into that damn attic. She keeps going back to this douchebag Don. That might be his name, douchebag Don. It might be. I don't know. If it isn't, it should be. So she meets him at the mall. It's raining. She gets there and she's getting ready. By the way, I meant to say this. And this is a totally reference. You know, I love the references. She puts on a yellow Benetton sweater. Oh, if you don't know, if you're a youngster, go look up Benetton, Benetton, Benetton. I don't remember or know how you say it. Uh, so you can imagine what she's looking like. Oh, oh the early 90s. Oh, the fashion the high-waisted jeans, the Benetton sweater. Anyway, so she goes there. Most of the stores are closed, but she gets into Pete's Pizza and she sees Dawn, but Marcy's there. And Marcy's like, what are you doing here? Leave us alone. And so she's pissed now. Leah is pissed. She leaves and she's like, ah, she goes back home and gets into bed. She can't believe she fell for it again. Bitch, I can believe you fell for it again because again, you don't, you know, you, you don't take a clue. You don't take a hint. Bless your heart. So she hears more thuds. So she's going back upstairs. She's like, I have got to figure this out. I mean, she ain't doing nothing else. She's just getting yanked around by Don and Marcy. She, you know, she's she's some pawn in their twisted triangle love game or something. I don't know what the hell they're doing. But she goes up there. She's like, she's like, what is going on here? She's like, she goes to take the boards off. She starts to pull them off. And... Uh, she she's decided I'm going to take these boards off. She hears some crying inside. She's like, who are you? So she goes and this crying starts to say, please open the door. So she's like, look, I, I, I had it. So she goes downstairs, get a hammer, comes back upstairs, pries off all of these boards. The door is locked. And then the voice is like, there's a key in the lock. Well, I'll be damned if there weren't a key. How did you not know, bitch? I guess you were too busy concerned with, you know, dawn and all this shit that's going on but so she unlocks the door opens it and inside is this old-fashioned bedroom and there's this girl on the bed and she's kind of glowing and she's got old-fashioned clothes and hair and this girl's like oh this is my room this is my house i've been lonely for so long and leah's like well shit it's a ghost leah come on come on you just watched ghost we just had the amityville reference clearly bless your heart leah you're a little slow sweet thing with your great eyelashes. So she's like, I've been lonely for so long. She's like, come, come join me. Come talk to me. Come be my friend. And Leah's all like, whoa, you know, here for once she shows some sense. She starts to back up. She gets scared. She's like, I want to touch your hair. That's what the ghost says. Not Leah. Bitch, get your hands off my hair. You don't just run up to somebody and touch your hair. I don't care if you are a ghost. Don't be touching my hair. 
unless I tell you to touch my hair. Oh, anywho. So she slams the door and leaves the attic. And the next day she wakes up, she's like, was this all a dream? She's like, oh, what the hell is going on? Am I going crazy? So she sees Dina. She tells her all about this. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. And <laughs> Dina's basically like, girl, you got bigger problems. Because Marcy's spreading rumors that you're throwing yourself at dawn. She's like, you're going to have to deal with that. Screw that ghost up in your house. So, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. Literally, if it's just these two things that Leah's dealing with. So that night she can't study. She decides to go back into the attic to see if it really was a dream. She cannot shake this, you know, feeling. She goes up there, she opens the door and there's the boards on the floor. So clearly it was not a dream. So what does she do? No, she's too, she's, she does not have the sense to just leave. Bless her heart. I keep saying it. Um, so she goes back to the room. She opens up the door again and there's the girl. The girl introduces herself. She's Her name is Catherine. I'm a ghost. And Leah's like, are you haunting me? What's going on? And she's like, no, this is my house. I was murdered. My parents, when they had me, they were unwed. So they kept me here in this, locked up in this room as their secret. And then when I, I tried to escape, but they caught me and we fought and they killed me and I've been trapped here and I just want to, I just want a friend. I want to come out. And so Leah starts to feel bad for her because, you know, who wants to be locked away in a room forever? Even if you're a ghost, I mean, what are you supposed to do? What are you going to do? There's no Netflix. I mean, because there's no Netflix, period, because she's locked in a room, much less the fact that it was 1991. But so she's like, I, can I, can we be friends? And Leah's like, um, I, she starts to have second thoughts. She's like, I need to go. And she's, and she's like, don't go, don't go. And so she grabs her hair. Bitch, get your hands off my damn hair. But she grabs her hair and says, let me be friends. Let's be friends. So this freaks Leah out because, you know, she doesn't want her hair touched. So she breaks free, runs out of the attic, goes into her room. And then she's like, wait a minute, did I shut that door? Did I lock it? So she can't sleep, you know, cause she's like, I ran out of there so freaked out. What's going on? So she goes upstairs. Phew, the door is closed. The door is locked. She's good to go. She goes back downstairs and the eyes of her little stuffed tiger are glowing. Ah! Again, I feel like that's a reference to Amityville because isn't there a part where they see like, like a pig mask or something up in the windows with glowing eyes? I think it's a pig. I think it's a pig head. I'm nearly positive. Hmm. I'm going to drink to that. So, so she freaks out. So then next day at school, she overhears Marcy gossiping about her this time. And she's like, ooh, that bitch, I'm going to get her. Uh, you know what? If she could be as scared as I was scared, you know, uh, that would teach her a lesson. So she gets an idea. She goes home. She goes up into the attic. The boards, they're still down. Mm-hmm. So she, she, she calls out to Catherine. No answer. So she opens the door. There's Catherine. She's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I just really want a friend. I want to talk. And Leah's like, you know, would you like to come out? Let's be, you know, okay. I understand. She's like, but you want to do a favor for me? Can you help me? And Catherine's like, okay. So she's like, let's go visit a friend of mine. I, she needs to, she, let's scare her. You know, she kind of explains the situation and Catherine's all like, bitch, yeah, let's roll. And so all of a sudden she disappears and Leah feels a weight on her head a weight descending on her. And she's like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah, you guessed it. She's getting possessed. So now Catherine is inside Leah and Leah's freaking out. You know, what have I gotten myself into? This morning I woke up, thought I was crazy. Now I'm possessed. But she's like, okay. And Catherine's like, it's okay. I'll come out. I promise. Let's just go to Marcy. Let's go to do this. So they go to Marcy's house. 
And Catherine the whole way is thinking, oh my gosh, it's great to be out in the sunshine. Thank you so much. I've missed this so much. We're going to be great friends, yada, yada, yada. They get to Marcy's house. Okay. Catherine comes out of her body and Marcy opens the door. She's like, bitch, I don't want to talk to you. She goes to shut the door, but the door won't shut. It just all of a sudden stops. So she, so Leah comes in and Marcy's like, leave me alone. And Leah's like, you need to leave me alone. You need to stop spreading these rumors. And she's and Marcy, because she is a, you know, head bitch in charge. She is like, I'll do whatever the hell I want. And so all of a sudden a vase starts to float around the room. Now Marcy's freaked out. And so Leah's, Leah's having fun with this. She's all like, there's a reason I live on Fear Street. I can, I have powers. I can do things and you'd better, you'd better leave me alone and stop spreading these rumors. Well, now Marcy freaks the fuck out because all of a sudden she starts to float up in the air because, you know, obviously Catherine's picking her up. So she freaks out. And when she gets back down, she tries to run upstairs screaming for her mom. Her mom appears at the top of the stairs. When Marcy gets there, all of a sudden she trips, falls hits the banister, it gives way, she falls down, lands right on her head, curse splat, cracks like an egg right on the floor. Yeah, mm-hmm, that's right, Marcy. It don't pay to be a bitch. So, call the ambulance. Yep, Marcy's dead. She's dead, they tried to resuscitate her, couldn't, because she done cracked her brains out on the floor. Her mom's all upset. Her mom's like, what was going on? And Lee was like, I just came to talk to her. Then we kind of got in an argument. And it was a terrible accident. And her mom believes her because, I mean, she saw the whole thing. So she tells the police that. And the police offer to give her a ride back home. Catherine gets back in her body. Leah's freaking out. I mean, because she just saw this chick, you know, fall to her death. Even though she hated Marcy, you know, that's still traumatizing, I guess. You know, even when your enemy splatters their head all over the tile. So she gets home, Leah's, or, uh, Catherine leaves her body and she's like, did Catherine do this? What's going on? So she goes upstairs that night, goes to the attic and says, Catherine, did you do this? And Catherine's like, yeah, you wanted help. I did you a favor though. Now you have to let me in your body. And Leah's all like, say what? This is not the agreement we had. This is not what's going on. You just want to be my friend. Well, now Catherine, mm -hmm, gloves are off. Ghost gloves are off. So she tries to get in her body. And so Leah's, you know, thinking hard, concentrating, get out, get out. Well, that works. She's able to kind of push her out. She leaves the attic and she runs to her mom and dad's group. There's a ghost. Her parents are basically like, are you okay? You're not making any sense. She takes them upstairs to the attic, but the room is all boarded up. Mm-hmm. So next chapter, Leah's laying in bed. She's got a fever. The doctor's there. He's like, you've got a pretty bad fever. You need to rest, fluids, you know, the usual. And Leah's like, my parents must think I'm crazy. I'm not feeling good. So it's raining. And then the tiger, her pet tiger, pet tiger, <laughs> her stuffed animal tiger's eyes begin to glow again. And there appears Catherine. And Catherine is all basically drops a major bomb on her, a major ghost bomb. And she's like, what are you doing in my room? She's like, this is the secret bedroom. She's like, you've been in here all along. She's like, you've never been upstairs there. You have not been in that secret room. I've been possessing you and coming and going as I damn well, please. I don't need your permission. I've been causing you to have these visions. I scared you with the blood and spikes. That room is evil. You need to stay away from it. And you know now what? Now we're going to share your body and share this room. This is my bedroom, bitch. And so Leah, though, she's too weak. She's got this fever. So she can't keep Catherine from entering her body. 
So she's sick in bed for a few days. Catherine comes and goes. Leah's trying to get better and trying to figure out what the hell is she going to do now? Now she's possessed. She thought she had problems before. I mean, now technically she doesn't really have one problem because Marcy's dead. So that's one problem crossed off her list. But now the problem of the haunted room is turned into being possessed. So I guess, you know, you get rid of one, you, one worsens. That's just how life goes with problems. Sometimes you get possessed. So she's starting to feel better. She's like, let's go. You know, Catherine goes in her body. She's like, yes, let's go. We need to teach Dawn a lesson. And so now she goes to the closet, pulls out some twine. So basically Leah's lost a little bit of her own um, self. So she, you know, Dawn's possessing her. She can do what she wants. Or Dawn's possessing her. Sorry, Catherine's possessing her. I was reading my notes. So they walk to Dawn's and she answers, he answers the door and she's like, are you okay? How are you doing with Marcy? He's like, yeah. He's like, how are you? You were there. And she's like, I'm doing okay. He's like, come in, let's chit chat. Let's hang out. And as he turns around, she's creeping up toward him. And she, the Leah, Leah in the body realizes that the Catherine in the body is going to strangle him <gasps> with the twine. They pick it up, sneak up behind him. And the doorbell rings. Oh, plan is foiled. Arg! I'm shaking my fist. You can't see me, but I am. Well, it's Corey Brooks and Gary Brent, two other cameo people that we see every now and then, some background characters, and they came over to hang out. So Leah says, you know what? We'll talk later. I just came to check on you. I'm going to go back home. So they go home and Catherine says, next time Don will die. He has to die. We need revenge. Okay. So that night, Leah wakes up and there's no Catherine in her. She's like, where does she go at night? What's going on? She's like, well, while, while I am not possessed, I need to figure out what the hell's going on. I got to go another room. She's trying to keep me away from this room. I have to go. I have to figure out what the key, what's going on. So she goes up to the attic. The boards are still there, right? So she goes back downstairs, gets the hammer, starts to take them off. Catherine appears and she's like, get away from that door. And so they start, you know, Catherine's trying to possess her. She's fighting her off and opening the door, trying to get all this. And so finally she opens the door and inside it's the same room as all before, but now it's all like nasty and, you know, old and shut up looking. And on the bed are two skeletons in old fashioned clothes. Okay, they're all like rotted and decaying and they're skeletons. I don't know how they're still rotted because, you know, um, it's been like 100 years. But, you know, semantics. So all of a sudden the skeletons start to get up, come toward them, you know, and Catherine screams, my parents, and they're like evil child and they try to attack Leah. And so um, then the ghouls start to chase Catherine around and they're hugging her and trying to absorb her back and she's screaming and Leah's like, ah, what's going on here? I'm being hugged by a ghoul because that's pretty scary. I mean, I guess it's scarier than being possessed in some senses because she doesn't know what happened. So Catherine's screaming. She's like, she's like, they tried to kill me. And, and the, the mother's like, evil child, you murdered us and locked us up here. And now we're going to get revenge. So the truth comes out. Ugh. She was never an innocent child hidden away. She was just a murderous bitch. Well, you know, that's what happens sometimes. So then suddenly as this all happens, as the ghouls are attacking Catherine, Leah passes out. Last chapter, y'all. She wakes up. She's like, where the hell am I? Well, she's in the hospital. She's been in the hospital for a week. Okay. She's like, was this shit? Was this all a damn dream? What's going on? Her parents are like, some boy named Don has been calling you. Okay, he sounds worried. He sounds worried. So she's feeling better. She goes back home. She's like, on the on the dresser, she sees one of Catherine's hair ribbons 
And so, oh, it wasn't all just a dream. She's like, oh, poor Marcy, even though she was a bitch, you know, she's like, poor Marcy, this was all real. She's like, but, but what, what am I going to do? Do I need, what happened to Catherine? Did what's, what was real? What was a dream? And she's like, well, I can't tell anybody. They'll think I'm crazy. I have to keep this secret forever. And that's where the story ends. Isn't that a great ending y'all? Oh my God. So you're thinking, you know, like, okay, clearly the ghost wasn't real. Marcy's really dead. You know, sorry for you, Marcy, but you know, it happens. But you know, so like, is Catherine really gone? Is Leah still possessed? Oh, I love this ending. I love that like open-ended. It wasn't really a happy ending, you know, because even if she's not possessed, now she's got living this crazy ass haunted house that she doesn't know if the ghost is gone. Oh, y'all, I loved it. I clearly gave this five stars. And a lot of people on Goodreads seem to like it too because it's got 3.66, which is higher. I know it's not a great score, but for the series, it's one of the higher ones. So clearly we're going to write this down as a ghost fear. Oh, I mean, how could we not? It literally is about a ghost possessing someone. And the deaths, yeah, y'all, we have our ninth death in 13 books. Yay. Sorry, Marcy, but you know, you get to be death number nine. That's what happens when you mistreat people. Sometimes a ghost kills you. I mean, that's, that's why you got to be nice to people because you never know when a ghost is going to kill you. That's why I'm nice to everybody. <laughs> but anyway, and then also we'll make note of Catherine and her parents who died pre-book. We always have at least one death pre-book, you know, because that's how they roll. And I know what you're thinking. Yes, our queer here, it's the little D. It's Dina. We have another repeat queer. She's our bi, remember? So we love our bisexual queers as well. So here's Dina. Although, you know what? If I have to be a little honest, I think there's a little bit more queer action here. Mm-hmm. I totally think that Catherine could have been a queer ghost. I mean, because listen to me here. This whole going in and out of Leah, possessing her. I don't know. It was some, it was some kind of like you know, homoerotic ghost stuff going on here. I'm not against that. I'm not against homoerotic ghosts. I mean, who is really? Who is? So I really think we could also have our first supernatural queer. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and call it because it's my podcast. I call the shots. I'm like the ringleader. I call the shots. <laughs> oh, Brittany. Hashtag free Brittany. So we've got two queers. We've got a repeat queer, Dina our bisexual queer that we had from the overnight and Halloween party. Then we also had a queer cameo from Ricky. Hey, Ricky. And now we have our queer ghost. What a big, exciting day for us. I told you it was going to be a good episode, y'all, or at least a good book. Maybe it was a good episode too for you. But so that was episode and book number 13, The Secret Bedroom. Okay. So next week, we're going to talk about The Knife. Yeah, mm -hmm. spoiler alert, we had two five-star reads in a row. This next one's not my favorite, but that's okay because I'm still riding high off a queer ghost. I mean, how could you not? How could you not? So, uh, loved it, loved it, loved it. The secret bedroom, queer ghost, possessions, <sighs> dead bitches with their heads cracked open. It was just, it was, it was just a, a ball of fun. It was a barrel of laughs. I loved it. Five stars. So, Thank you for tuning in. Hope you had a good time. And until next week when we talk about the knife, stay queer. Bye.